Section 26 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10 by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 26, Social Condition D. Pederasty, Part 1. The Execralibus Familia Pathicorum first came before me by a chance of earlier life. In 1845, when Sir Charles Napier had conquered and annexed Sindh, despite a faction mostly venal, which sought favor with the now defunct Court of Directors to the Honorable East India Company, the veteran began to consider his conquest with a curious eye. It was reported to him that Karachi, a townlet of some two thousand souls, and distant not more than a mile from camp, supported no less than three lupinage, or borders, in which not women, but boys and eunuchs, the former demanding nearly a double price, lay for hire. Being then the only British officer who could speak Sindhi, I was asked indirectly to make inquiries and to report upon the subject, and I undertook the task on express condition that my report should not be forwarded to the Bombay government, from whom supporters of the conqueror's policy could expect scant favor, mercy, or justice. Accompanied by a munshi, Mirza Mohammed Hossein of Shiraz, and habited as a merchant, Muraza Abdullah the Bushiri, passed many an evening in the townlet, visited all the Pornea, and obtained the fullest details which were duly dispatched to the government house. But the devil's brother presently quitted Sindh, leaving in his office my unfortunate official. This found its way with sundry other reports to Bombay and produced the expected result. A friend in secretariat informed me that my summary dismissal from the service had been formally proposed by one of Sir Charles Napier's successors, whose decease compels me to parquere sepulto. But this excess of outraged modesty was not allowed. Subsequent inquiries in many and distant countries enabled me to arrive at the following conclusions. 1. There exists what I shall call a sotatic zone, bounded westwards by the northern shores of the Mediterranean, northern latitude 43, and by the southern, northern latitude 30. Thus, the depth would be 780 to 800 miles, including meridional France, the Iberian Peninsula, Italy, and Greece, with the coast regions of Africa from Morocco to Egypt. 2. Running eastward, the Sotatic Zone narrows, embracing Asia Minor, Mesopotamia and Chaldea, Afghanistan, Sindh, the Punjab, and Kashmir. 3. In Indochina, the belt begins to broaden, enfolding China, Japan, and Turkestan. 4. It then embraces the South Sea Islands in the New World, where, at the time of its discovery, Sotatic love was, with some exceptions, an established racial institution. 5. Within the Sotatic zone, the vice is popular and endemic, held at the worst to be a mere pecadillo, whilst the races to the north and south of the limits here defined practice it only sporadically amid the opprobrium of their fellows who, as a rule, are physically incapable of performing the operation and look upon it with the liveliest disgust. Before entering into topographical details concerning pederasty, which I hold to be geographical and climatic, not racial, I must offer a few considerations of its cause and origin. We must not forget that the love of boys has its noble, sentimental side. The Platonists and pupils of the Academy 
followed by the Sufis or Muslim Gnostics, held such affection pure as ardent to the beau ideal, which united in the man's soul the creature with the creator, professing to regard youths as the most cleanly and beautiful objects in this phenomenal world, they declared that by loving and extolling the chef d'oeuvre, corporeal and intellectual of the demiurgus, disinterestedly and without any admixture of carnal sensuality, they are paying the most fervent adoration to the Calsa Calsons. They add that such affection, passing as it does the love of women, is far less selfish than fondness for and admiration of the other sex, which, however innocent, always suggests sexuality. And Easterners add that the devotion of the moth to the taper is purer and more fervent than the bulbul's love for the rose. Amongst the Greeks of the best ages, the system of boy favorites was advocated on considerations of morals and politics. The lover undertook the education of the beloved through precept and example, while the two were conjoined by a tie stricter than the fraternal. Hieronymus, the peripatetic, strongly advocated it because the vigorous disposition of youths and the confidence engendered by their association often led to the overthrow of tyrannies. Socrates declared that, quote, a most valiant army might be composed of boys and their lovers, for that of all men they would be most ashamed to desert one another, end quote. And even Virgil, despite the foul flavor of Formosum Pastor Cordon, could write, Nisus amore pio pueri. The only physical cause for the practice which suggests itself to me, and that must be owned to be purely conjectural, is that within the sotatic zone there is a blending of the masculine and female temperaments, a crassus which elsewhere occurs only sporadically, hence the male feminisme, whereby the man becomes patiens as well as agens, and the woman a tribade, a votary of mascula sapho, queen of frictrices or rubbers. Professor Amantangaza claims to have discovered the cause of this pathological love, this perversion of the erotic sense, one of the marvelous list of amorous vagaries which deserve not prosecution but the pitiful care of the physician and the study of the psychologist. According to him, the nerves of the rectum and the genitalia, in all cases closely connected, are abnormally so on the pathic, who obtains by intromission the venereal orgasm, which is usually sought through the sexual organs. So amongst women, there are tribads who can procure no pleasure except by foreign objects introduced a posteriori, hence his threefold distribution of sodomy, one, peripheric or anatomical, caused by an unusual distribution of the nerves in their hyperisthesia, Two, luxurious with love etergo, is preferred on account of the narrowness of the passage, and three, the psychical. But this is evidently superficial. The question is what causes this neuropathy, this abnormal distribution and condition of the nerves. As Prince Bismarck finds a moral difference between the male and female races of history, so I suspect a mixed physical temperament affected by the manifold subtle influences massed together in the world climate. Something of the kind is necessary to explain the fact of this pathological love extending over the greater portion of the habitable world without any apparent connection of race or media from the polished Greek to the cannibal Tupi of the Brazil. Walt Whitman speaks of the ashen gray face of onanists, the faded colors, the puffy features, and the unwholesome complexion of the professed pederast with his peculiar cathetic expression, indescribable but once seen, never forgotten, stamped the breed, and Dr. G. Adolf is justified in declaring, quote, Alle gewonnen pandirasten erkennen sich in der 
oft mit einen thick. End quote. This has nothing in common with the feminisme which betrays itself in the pathic by womanly gait, regard, and gesture. It is something sui generic, and the same may be said of the color and look of the young priest who honestly refrains from women and their substitutes. Dr. Tarju, in his well-known work, Etude Medico Regale sur le Atenta Aux Murs, and Dr. Adolf note a peculiar infundibuliform disposition of the after in a smoothness and want of folds even before any abuse has taken place, together with special forms of the male organs and confirmed pederists. But these observations have been rejected by Casper, Hoffman, Rouardel, and Dr. John H. Henry Coutangne, note sur la sodomie Lyon, 1880, and it is a medical question whose discussion would here be out of place. The origin of pederasty is lost in the night of ages, but its historique has been carefully tracked by many writers, especially Vire, Rosenbaum, and M. H. E. Meyer, the ancient Greeks who, like the modern Germans, invented nothing but were great improvers of what other races invented, attributed the formal apostolate of sodotism to Orpheus, whose stigmata was worn by the Thracian women. Omnum que refugerat Orpheus femineam venerem, ille etiam thracum populis fuit auctur omorum in teneres transfere mares, citraque juventam aetatis breve ver et primos carpere flores. Ovid, Metamorphosis, Book 10, Lines 79-85. Euripides proposed Laus, father of Oedipus, as the inaugurator, whereas Timaeus declared that the fashion of making favorites of boys was introduced into Greece from Crete, for Malthusian reasons, said Aristotle. Politics, Book 2, Line 10. Attributing it to Minos, Herodotus, however, knew far better, having discovered it to circa 80, that the Orphic and Bacchic rites were originally Egyptian, but the father of history was a traveler and an analyst rather than an archaeologist, and he tripped in the following passage. 1. Circo 135. Quote, as soon as they, the Persians, hear of any luxury, they instantly make it their own, and hence, among other matters, they have learned from the Hellens a passion for boys. End quote. Quote, unnatural lust, end quote, says modest Rawlinson. Plutarch, de... Malignitate Herodity, 13, asserts with much more probability that the Persians used eunuch boys according to the Mos Graecae long before they had seen the Grecian main. And the holy books of the Hellenes, Homer and Hesiod, dealing with the heroic ages, there is no trace of pederasty, although in a long subsequent generation, Lucian suspected Achilles and Patroclus, as he did Orestes and Pilates, Theseus and Pirithous. Homer's praises of beauty are reserved for the feminines, especially his favorite Helen. But the Dorians of Crete seem to have commended the abuse to Athens and Sparta and subsequently imported it into Tarentium, Agrigentium, and other colonies. Ephorus in Thrabo, 10, 4, 21, gives a curious account of the violent abduction of beloved boys by the lover, of the obligations of the ravisher to the favorite, and of the marriage ceremonies, which lasted two months. See also Plato, Laws 1, circa 8, Servius, Ad Adnead 10, 325, informs us, quote, 
De cretensibus acepimus, quod in amore puerorum, intemperantes fuerant, quod postia in lacones et in totium graecum translatum est. End quote. The Cretans, and afterward their apt pupils, the Chalcadidians, held it disreputable for a beautiful boy to lack a lover. Hence Zeus, the national Doric god of Crete, loved Ganymede, Apollo, another Dorian deity, loved Hyacinth, and Hercules, a Doric hero who grew to be a sun god, loved Hylas, and a host of others. Thus Crete sanctified the practice by the examples of the gods and demigods, but when legislation came, the subject had qualified itself for legal limitation, and as such was undertaken by Lycurgus and Solon, according to Xenophon, Lacedaemonians, Book 2, 13, who draws a broad distinction between the honest love of boys and dishonest Greek lust. They both approved of pure pederastia, like that of Harmodius and Aristogiton, but forbade it with seriles, because degrading to a free man. Hence the love of boys was spoken of like that of women. Plato, Thydrus, Republica, 6, circa 19. Xenophon, Symposium, 4, 10. Example, quote, There was once a boy, or rather a youth, of exceeding beauty, and he had very many lovers. End quote. This is the language of Hafiz and Saidi, Aeschylus, Sophocles, and Euripides were allowed to introduce it upon the stage for, quote, Many men were as fond of having boys for their favorites as women for their mistresses, and this was a frequent fashion in many well-regulated cities of Greece. End quote. Poets like Alcaeus, Anacreon, Agathon, and Pindar affected it, and Theogonus sang of a quote, beautiful boy in the flower of his youth. End quote. The statesmen Aristides and Themistocles quarreled over Stelaseus of Teos, and Pisistratus loved Charmus who first built an altar to Puerile Eros, while Charmus loved Hippias, son of Pisistratus. Demosthenes, the order, took into keeping a youth called Gnasion, greatly to the indignation of his wife. Xenophon loved Clinias and Autolycus, Aristotle, Hermaeus, Theodectes, and others, Empedocles, Pausanias, Epicurus, Pythocles, Aristippus, Euthycides, and Zeno, with his Stoics, had a philosophic disregard for women, affecting only pederastia. A man in Athenaeus, 4, circa 40, left in his will that certain youths he had loved should fight like gladiators at his funeral, and Charlicles and Lucian abuses Calicratidas for his love of sterile pleasures. Lastly, there was the notable affair of Alcibiades and Socrates, the Sanctus Paederasta, being violumente succon, julama subsine, when under the mantle, non semper sine plaga ab eo surrexit, Athenaeus, 5, circa 13, declares that Plato represents Socrates as absolutely intoxicated with his passion for Alcibiades. The ancients seem to have held the connection impure or juvenile, would not have written inter Socraticos notissima fossa sinailos, followed by Firmicus 7.14, who speaks of Socratici paedicones. It is the modern fashion to doubt the pederasty of the master of Hellenic Sophrosyne, the 
Christian before Christianity, but such a worldwide term as Socratic love can hardly be explained by the lucas ad non lucendo theory. We are overapt to apply our 19th century prejudices and prepossessions to the morality of the ancient Greeks, who would have specimened such squeamishness and attic salt. The Spartans, according to Agnon the Academic, confirmed by Plato, Plutarch, and Cicero, treated boys and girls in the same way before marriage, hence juvenile, 11, 173, used lacedaemonious for apathic, and other writers apply it to a tribade. After the Peloponnesian War, which ended in B.C. 404, the youths became merged in the abuse. Yet some purity must have survived even amongst the Botians, who produced the famous Narcissus, described by Ovid, Metamorphoses, Book 3, 339, Multi ilium juvenes, multi cupere puellae, nulli ilium juvenes, nullae tetigere puellae. For Epaminondas, whose name is mentioned with three beloveds, established the holy regiment composed of mutual lovers, testifying the majesty of Eros and preferring to a discreditable life of a glorious death. Philip's redactions on the fatal field of Charonea form their fittest epitaph. At last the Athenians, according to Aeschines, officially punished sodomy with death, but the threat did not abolish bordels of boys like those of Karachi, the Pornea or Pornobosquea, where slaves in Pueri Venales stood, as the term was, near Pnix, the city walls in a certain tower, also about Lycabetus, and paid a fixed tax to the state. The pleasures of society in civilized Greece seem to have been sought chiefly in the heresies of love, heteraisis and sodadism. It is calculated that the French of the 16th century have 400 names for the parts genital and 300 for their use in coition. The Greek vocabulary is not less copious, and some of its pederastic terms, of which Meyer gives nearly a hundred, and its nomenclature of pathologic love are curious and picturesque enough to merit quotation. To live the life of Abron, the Argive, i.e. that of a pathic or passive lover, the Agathonian song, Aistrogia equals dishonest love, also called Akolasia, Akrasia, Arenokoitia, etc., Alkinoan youths or nonconformists, and curte caranda plus aequo operate juventus. Allegomenos, the unspeakable, as the pederast was termed by the council of Ansaira, also the agrios, apolaustos, and acolastos, androgyni, of whom Ansonius wrote epigram 6815, eke ego sum factis de badas and badizen equals clunes torquens, also batalos equals akatamite. Katapagos, katapagosene, equals puerarius and katadactylium, from dactylium, the ring, used in the sense of nerissus, but applied to the corollarium puerile. Sinaidos, sinaidos, the active lover, derived either from his kinetics or quasi, equals dogmatist, also spatulokinaidos, Lascivia fluens equals a fair Ganymede. Chalcidasare, Chalcidasane, from Chalcis in Eubia, a city famed for love a posteriori, 
mostly applied to le léchement des testicles by children. Classomenai equals the buttocks, also a sotatic disease, so-called from the Ionian city devoted to Aversa Venus, also used of a pathic, et tergo femina pube vir est, ambasio hoitas, probably a link boy at marriages, also a nightcap drunk before bed, and lastly an effeminate, one who perambulavit omnium cubilia, Catullus, see in Copius's pun upon the ambasciate and satyricon, chapter 4, Epipedeus, the carnal assault, Gaetan, literally the neighbor, the beloved of Inculpus, which has produced the French Giton, equals Bardache, Italian Bardacasia, from the Arab Baradage, a captive, a slave. The augmented form is Polygaton. Hippias, tyranny of, when the patient, woman, or boy mounts the agent. Aristophanes, Vespasian 502, so also Cletizine equals Pecare Supurne, or Equium Agitere Supurnum of Horace. Mocteria, depravity with boys. Paedica, whence Paedicare, active, and Paedicari, passive. So, in the Latin poet, Penelopes primam didonis prima sequatur et primam cani syllaba prima remi. Pathicus, pathicus, a passive like malacos, malacus mollis vasquilius, malachio, trimalchio, petronus, malta, maltha, and in Horace. Satyricon, book 2, line 25. Malthinius tunicius de missis ambulat. Praxis equals the malpractice. Pagissima equals buttockery, because most actives end within the nates, being too much excited for further intromission. Fnicisare, Greek, the cunelingere in tempore menstrum, quia hoc vitium in finica generate solebat. Also, erumer in miel. Ficisendare denot actum per canes commissium quando lambunt cunos, well testiculos suetonis, also applied to pollution of childhood. Samorium flores, Erasmus Proverbs 23, alluding to the androgenic prostitutions of Samos. Siphonisare, Greek, from Siphones, hod Siphonte Island, equals Digito podicum fodere a prurigenimum restinguendam, says Aramis. See Mirabu erotica biblion anoscopi. Thripsis equals the rubbing. Perastia had in Greece, I have shown, its noble and ideal side. Rome, however, borrowed her malpractices, like her religion and polity, from those ultra-material Etruscans and debauched with a brazen face. Even under the Republic, Plautus... Cassina, Book 2, Line 21, makes one of his characters exclaim in an utmost sang Freud, quote, Ultro te amatur apagete adorso meo, end quote. With increased luxury, the evil grew in living notices, 39.13, at the Bacchanalia, plura virorum inter sese quam feminarum stupra. There were individual protests, for example, S. Q. Fabius Maximilius Serwinilanius 
consul UC612 punished his son for dubia castitas, and a private soldier, C. Plotius, killed his military tribune, Q. Lucius, for unchaste proposals. The Lex Scantinia, Scantinia? popularly derived from the Scantinius, the tribune, and of doubtful date, B.C. 226, attempted to abate the scandal by fine and the Lex Julia by death, but they were trifling obstacles to the flood of infamy which surged in with the empire. No class seems then to have disdained these sterile pleasures. L'on ne attache pas à l'or, à cette espèce de mort ou non d'affamie, comme un pays de crescente, says Bale under Anacrine. The great Caesar, the Synodius Calvus of Catullus, was the husband of all the wives and the wife of all the husbands in Rome. Suetonius, chapter 3. And his soldiers sang in his praise, Galius Caesar, Subegat Nicomendes Caesarum, Suetonius Cies 69, whence his sobriquet Fornix Bithynicus. Of Augustus the people chanted, Widesne ut Sinaidus Orbum Digito Temperet? Tiberius, with his Pisciscoli and Greges Extoleretorum, invented the Simplegium, or Nexus of Serari, Agentes et Patientes, in which the Sphinthriae, literally women's bracelets, were connected in a chain by the bond of flesh, Seneca Quaestiones Naturales. Of this refinement, which in the earlier part of the 19th century was renewed by sundry Englishmen at Naples, Alsonius wrote epigram 119, 1. Res uno in lecto, stuprum duo perpetuuntur. And Marshall had said, 1243, Quo simple quinque copulentur, qua plures teniantur a catena, etc. Alsonius recounts of Caligula, he so lost patience that he forcibly entered the priest M. Lepidus before the sacrifice was completed. The beautiful Nero was formerly married to Pythagoras or Dorithoros, and afterwards took to wife Sporus, who was first subjected to castration of a peculiar fashion. He was then named Sabina after the deceased spouse and claimed queenly honors. The Othones or Trajani Pathiki were famed. The great Hadrian openly loved Antonius, and the wild debaucheries of Heliogalbus seem only to have amused instead of disgusting the Romans. Uranopolis allowed public lupanaria, where adults and meritori pueri, who began their career as early as seven years, stood for hire. The inmates of these cauponi were sleeved tunics and dalmatics like women. As in modern Egypt, pathic boys, we learn from Quintalis, haunted the public baths. Debauchees had signals like Freemasons, whereby they recognized one another. The Greek schematine was made by closing the hand to represent the scrotum and raising the middle finger as if to feel whether a hen had eggs. Hence the Athenians called it catpaigon, or sodomite, and the Romans digitus impucidus, or infamous, the medical finger of Rabelais and the Chiromantists. Another sign was to scratch the head with the minimus, digitulo caput scabere, Uenus 9, 133. 
The prostitution of boys was first forbidden by Domitian, but St. Paul a Greek had formally expressed his abomination of Levice, Romans 1, 26, 1 Corinthians 6, 8, and we may agree with Grotius de Veritas 2, circa 13, that early Christianity did much to suppress it. At last the emperor Theodosius punished it with fire as a profanation, because sacrosanctum esse debetur hospitum virilis animae. In the pagan days of imperial Rome, her literature makes no difference between boy and girl. Horace naively says, Satyricon, Book 2, Line 118, Ancilla aut verna es and with Hamlet, but in a dishonest sense, Man delights me not, nor women neither. Similarly, the Spaniard Marshall, who is a mine of such pederastic illusions, 1146, that marvelous satyricon which unites the wit of Molere with the debaucheries of Piron, whilst the writer has been described like Rabelais as Porissimus in Impuritate, is a kind of triumph of pederasty, Gaeton, the hero, a handsome, curly-pated hobbly de hoy of seventeen, with his culinerie and wheedling tongue, is courted like one of the secur sextus. His lovers are inordinately jealous of him, and his desertion leaves deep scars upon the heart. But no dialogue between man and wife in extremis could be more pathetic than in the scene where shipwreck is imminent. Elsewhere, every one seems to attempt his neighbor. A man alte succintus assails assaltos. Lycus, the Tartine skipper, would force in Colpius, and so forth. Yet we have the neat and finished touch. Chapter 7. Quote, the lamentation was very fine, the dying man having manumitted his slaves, albeit his wife wept, not as though she loved him. How were it had he not behaved to her so well? End quote. Erotic Latin glossaries give some ninety words connected with pederasty, and some which speak with Roman simplicity are peculiarly expressive. A verse Venus alludes to women being treated as boys, hence Marshall, translated by Piron, addresses Mistress Marshall, 10, 44, teque puta cunos juxor habere duos. The capillatus or comatas is also called calamistratus, the darling curled with crisping irons, and he is an effeminatus, i.e. qui muliebria patitur, or a delicatus, slave or eunuch, for the use of the draucus, hueriarus, boy lover, or dominus. Mart 11, 71. The divisor is so called for his practice, hilas di verde, or caidere, something like Marshall's cacere mentulam, or juvenal's hesternae occurrere caenae, facere wikibus, juvenal, 7, 238. Incestare se inwecum or mutum facere plautis trinimus, book two, line four hundred and thirty seven, is described as a puerile vice in which the two take turns to be active and passive. They are also called gamili and fratres, equal compares in paedicatium. Elicita libido is praepostere seu postica venus and is expressed by the picturesque phrase indicare seu incurvare aliquum, de palitus de velre pilos glaber laivis and 
Nates Pewellere are allusions to the sotatic Pwele. The fine distinction between Demetere and Dijikere Caput are worthy of a glossary, while Pathika Puella, Puera, Putus, Pulipremo, Pusio, Pagiaca, Sacra, Quadrupus, Sacarbaius, and Smerdalius explain themselves. From Rome, the practice extended far and wide to our colonies, especially the Provincia, now called Province, Athenaeus, 1226, charges the people of Massilia with, quote, acting like women out of luxury, end quote, and he cites the saying, quote, may you sail to Massilia, end quote, as if it were another Corinth. Indeed, the whole Celtic race is charged with Levice by Aristotle, Politica, Book 2, Line 66, Strabo, 4, 199, and Diodorus Siculus, 5, 32. Roman civilization carried pederasty also to northern Africa, where it took firm root while the Negro and Negroid races to the south ignored the erotic perversion, except were imported by foreigners into such kingdoms as Bornu and Hausa. and old Maurentania, now Morocco, the Moors proper are notable sodomites. Muslims, even of saintly houses, are permitted openly to keep catamites, nor do their disciplines think worse of their sanctity for such license. In one case, the English wife failed to banish from the home that horrid boy. Yet pederasty is forbidden by the Koran. In chapter 4.20, we read, quote, And if two men among you commit the crime, then punish them both, end quote, the penalty being some hurt or damage by public reproach, insult, or scourging. There are four distinct references to Lot and the Sodomites in chapters 7, lines 78, 11, lines 77 through 84, 26, 160 to 174, and 29, lines 28 to 35. In the first, the prophet commissioned to the people says, quote, Proceed ye to a fulsome act wherein no creature hath foregone ye. Verily ye come to men in lieu of women lustfully, end quote. We have then an account of the reign which had made an end of the wicked, and this judgment on the cities of the plain is repeated with more detail in the second reference. Here the angels, generally supposed to be three, Gabriel, Michael, and Raphael, appeared to Lot as beautiful youths, a sore temptation to the sinners, and the godly man's arm was straightened concerning his visitors, because he felt unable to protect them from the erotic vagaries of his fellow townsmen. He therefore shut his doors, and from behind them argued the matter. Presently, the riotous assembly attempted to climb the wall, when Gabriel, seeing the distress of his host, smote them on the face with one of his wings, and blinded them so that all moved off crying for aid, and saying that Lot had magicians in his house. Hereupon the cities, which, if they ever existed, must have been fella villages, were uplifted. Gabriel thrust his wing under them and raised them so high that the inhabitants of the lower heaven, the lunar sphere, could hear the dogs barking and the cocks crowing. Then came the rain of stones. There were clay pellets baked in hellfire, streaked white and red, or having some mark to distinguish them from the ordinary, and each bearing the name of its destination like the missiles which destroyed the host of Abrahat al-Ashram. Lastly, the cities were turned upside down and cast upon earth. These circumstantial unfacts are repeated at full length in the other two chapters, but rather as an instance of Allah's power than as a warning against pederasty, which Muhammad seems to have regarded with philosophic indifference. The general opinion of his followers is that it should be punished like fornication unless the offenders make a public act of penitence. But here, as in adultery, the law is somewhat too clement and will not convict unless four credible witnesses swear to have seen Remen Re. 
I have noticed, volume 1, 211, the vicious opinion that the Jilman or Wuldan, the beautiful boys of paradise, the counterparts of Horus, will be lawful Kadmites to the true believers in a future state of happiness. The idea is nowhere countenanced in Al-Islam, and although I have often heard debauches refer to it, the learned look upon the assertion as scandalous. End of section 26.